WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk, where facts matter. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks, says. And politicians getting caught grabbing asses, says. She's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, hello. Happy Friday, everybody. You made it. We made it. I hope that you are happy and healthy wherever you are right now. In a few moments, we're going to talk to Alderman uh, Viegas from the 36th Ward. Uh, Lady B, I I sent you his uh, phone number, and we're going to dial him up and see how it's going and uh, remind folks to get out and vote, as Joan was mentioning at the end of her show, uh, about your rights uh, and what you need to know when you vote. If you've asked for, requested a mail-in ballot, and you've changed your mind, you want to go in person, bring that ballot with you because they know you've already requested one. So that was a great piece of information to have. Want to thank our sponsors, Kids Above All. Go to kidsaboveall.org and let them know that you support their mission and helping kids reach their potential. You can volunteer, you can donate, you can uh, whether it's financially or sometimes they're looking for backpacks or toys or other items that might be necessary and wanted at their uh, at the homes and the places where they care for the kids in their in their organization. We also want to thank our friend Warren Price from European and U.S. Car Service for his support here at WCPT and for driving it home with me, Patty Vasquez. Call 773-248-1200 if uh, you've, you're in a jam with your car. If you've got questions, uh, Warren will take care of you. You can also go to europeanandus.com. And finally, I want to thank our friend Kirk Bangstead for his support, Monaco Brewing, and all the vendors who have contributed $25 gift cards that we're giving away all week. If you're watching on the live stream, you can see that name right there. Uh, that's your chance to win, 773-763-9278. That's 773-763-9278. You can text that for a chance to win. And joining us on the line right now is Alderman Gilbert Viegas of the 36th Ward. I'm, I'm guessing it's a busy time. What are these last few days like? for you sir hey how you doing patty uh well you know what that's uh our last few days is making sure that we're continuing to get our message out and talk to voters uh so we've been doing that so as you can imagine today's uh, i have parts of ukrainian village and so i'm uh, on my way to ukrainian village right now to uh um talk about uh with the community around the one year anniversary of the invasion uh, from Russia. That's, uh, of course, a top of mind this week as uh, as we are looking back at this year after Russia invaded Ukraine and, you know, people want to call it a conflict. It's an attack. It's an assault. It, and there's a lot of it's, you know, I know that you served in the Marines and, and a lot of people will say, you know, well, they're just trying to draft our young men and women and we're not sending anybody over there. We're not there. That's not the conversation we're having. We're talking about protecting democracy everywhere and the freedom of people to live safely. Right. That's absolutely, and and this is attack. This is this attack on Ukraine is, is exactly that, an attack on democracy. And so, when you have an ally, when you're an ally, you're all in. Uh, you can't be a part-time ally. Uh, and so, when you have a tyrant uh, like Putin that invades a sovereign democracy uh, in Ukraine, uh, and then the the world has to react, especially the the, the democratic countries. And people will wonder, you know, what we you know. Why is an alderman talking about Ukraine? One, you you have served in the military, and two, we have refugees. We have people who have come to Chicago. Uh, I know that there are organizations all over the Chicagoland area who've brought families in, taking care of them, helping them feel safe, helping them adjust uh, to their new situation. And, and I'm guessing that's including the Ukrainian village, of course. 
Well, you know, um, Ukrainian village is home to uh, the second most population of Ukrainians in, in the country uh, is in Chicago. And so I was at St. Nicholas today, uh, which has seen 75 families that have come from Ukraine. And so they're uh, working with them to have them assimilate to to uh, to America. And um, that's why I'm talking about it, because that's my new ward, new parts of my ward. And so I want to make sure that... Um, the same way that people are coming, um, the, the reason why they're they're leaving uh, is because obviously their 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 home their home has been invaded by, by Russia, and so we want to make sure that they're not traumatized. And so that's why it's important that the city is a welcoming city, uh, open our arms and embrace uh, these folks that are fleeing a tyrant, and we want to make we want to make sure that the children uh, don't have as much trauma. Exactly. I mean, that's uh, it seems distant to folks. It's a political uh, ping pong. And and really, we're talking about families. We're talking about children who've been displaced, children who have been wounded. Uh, Sadly, some people have lost their children or siblings. And uh, and in the efforts to support those organizations, I know, as you mentioned, now part of your your ward. uh, What has been the response today? What what was the the feeling? What was the energy like in in visiting St. Nicholas? Well, I was talking to some of the, the community members there, and they were so happy and so appreciative of of, uh, of of America. The fact that after a year, America is still there trying to support um, Ukraine. Because uh, when you think about it, in the news, uh, it's a cycle. And so uh, when this happened a year ago, for the first month or two, people were talking about it, uh, and they were concerned that... Um, it would be out of the cycle and out of people's minds, but they, but they were so happy that uh, Chicago specifically is continuing to support. Uh, and they've seen an outpouring of, of, uh, of resources uh, that they're, ha- they're having the ability to send over to, to Kiev. And you mentioned that this is a, a new part of your ward. You do have what I guess they call the uh, pool noodle ward now. <laughs> Just... Yeah. Well, you know, I, the way I look at it, it looks like a, uh, a barbell. There you, you know, go. Uh, yeah. Weights, weights on both sides, and you got the middle that that's holding it together. So this is the 36 ward, the strong 36 ward. And and you had to introduce yourself to a lot of new residents, and not they're not new residents. They they you know I know the same things happening over here. We we've brought in uh, parts of Edgebrook and Wildwood into the 45th ward. What kind of conversations are you having with folks who are now part of the 36 ward? Uh, is there a little bit of confusion, or like, hey, we knew this is coming. We're glad to, we're glad you're here. Yeah, so it's it's uh, mixed bags because there's some folks that um, didn't realize that the the redistricting has already taken place and that they're voting in new wards. Um, but listen, I've run on a, I've run on a platform that's been uh, for eight years now and it's still relevant. Uh, it, it's peace, public safety, education, accountability, city services, and economic development. And I can tell you that when I talk about this to uh, the residents on the eastern portion of the ward. Uh, it resonates, and they like the fact that they have an experienced alderman that's able to bring resources back, and so they're excited about it, given the fact that I'm picking up some territory uh, from from aldermen based on the conversations I've had with them that they feel didn't do enough. And so just the fact of me being there present, opening up an office already at the East End, servicing hundreds of constituents already, uh, they're very satisfied uh, and, and really, really excited about seeing us represent them. 
for folks who are, are wondering whether or not you are, if you haven't gone to vote yet and you're, you, now you're finding out that you're in the 36th Ward, you can go to GilbertForChicago.com to find out about his campaign and the work that he's done, including his service in the military and, and also the Universal Basic Income. Tell us how that, that program has, uh, has been working out for the folks who applied. I know there was a, a real uh, tremendous amount of response to that, wasn't there? Oh, my God. So, you know, the frustrating part is that it took four, you know, had the mayor not played politics with it, we could have got it up and running four months earlier. But we're six months into the program. And I can tell you that University of Chicago is, is uh, following this. We're studying it. They put out a preliminary report. So I would encourage folks to go to the city's website uh, and look at the some of the results from the Guaranteed Basic Income Pilot Program. Listen, 175,000, 175,000 people applied. Uh for the Guaranteed Basic Income Pilot Program. So let's just say half didn't qualify. <laughs> You're still talking, you know, almost 90,000 people uh, that applied for a program. Uh, and so that tells you that there's a need out there. And I knew that there was a need. Uh, and that's why I was very excited about putting that program together and then and then incorporating the University of Chicago into it because we wanted to study it. We want to let people know that these types of programs allow people to work with dignity. We know that uh, there's single family households out there and folks that are just not making it, having to work two jobs, which in t- and they have kids, which um, puts, puts, their, puts their family at risk. And so we want to make sure that this investment of $6,000 a year versus $50,000 a year to incarcerate, incarcerate someone uh, is, is examined. And that's why we're excited about some of the preliminary results from the University of Chicago. So I would encourage your listeners to go to the city's website, take a look at that report. I agree, and I and I wonder too. You know, we talk about uh, you know folks who see that and they all these this, the, the hateful language that might erupt from it and the tone, right? And the truth of it is, is that when money when when money goes into the 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 banks of or the hands of people who are going to spend it right away, whether it's paying down bills or having the ability to apply for a job or spending it in biz at businesses in your community, it's all going back out. <laughs> it's not well, it, well, that was the frustrating part initially, I mean, you had some folks um, that, um, uh, some older, older men and women that were commenting, you know, like, this is a handout and, and, and people are going to, you know, people are going to take advantage of it. And I'm like, it's $6,000 a year. So right. it's not like somebody's going to quit their job. It's not like they're going to open up an, open up an offshore account or play the stock market. This, right. this money is coming, recirculating right back into the economy. It's going to help boost our economy, but it's also helping people as well. So if you think about the the financial crisis that took place in 08 when the banks got bailed out had, had Congress been a little smarter and put the, put that money and recirculated through the, the homeowners that were late, you could have brought these folks up to, up to current uh, underpayment and not create, and not create this whole foreclosure issue because they would have been current. And then the banks would have got the money anyway, but instead we side, we sidetracked the people and gave it right to the banks. And so we missed an opportunity, and that's why I was excited that we were not going to do that with this uh, Guaranteed Basic Income Pilot Program. We wanted to come through, get, get to the businesses, but we wanted to come to the people first, allow them to purchase goods and services, and then get it to the people, so it's, it, to the businesses, rather. It's, 
it's a it's a it's a win-win situation. Let's turn to the environment. I, I want to talk a little bit about the work you've done in regards to uh, environmental issues. Uh, I know that on top of mind for a lot of folks are these lead pipes that when yep. when Mayor uh, when Mayor Lightfoot ran, that was one of the things I remember in a forum that I uh, was moderating that she assured us that that, that would be a, an aggressive project she would take on. How are we doing with that? Well, I can tell you, it's been a big disappointment. And in 2018, when I introduced a resolution, I'm sorry, strike that, an ordinance to take a look at real estate transfer tax as a vehicle to help fund the bond projects to deal with the lead service replacement, it became a topic during the 2019 election. So I was excited because I'm like, look, we got to get all that out. But it, it, it does another thing, too. It creates a lot of opportunity for uh, construction projects. So it would have been a twofer. We get the lead out of the pipes, have people working on it. Uh, we could have we could have had uh, a lot of apprenticeships. Uh, so it's it's a multi billion dollar project. Um, and so here we are, uh, almost four years later, and uh, this administration has failed big time uh, with the with the replacing the lead service lines. Matter of fact, I think uh, we're we're under five hundred homes that have been replaced. Uh, so remember this: there's a little under four hundred thousand residents that have uh, uh, homes rather that have lead service lines. And we've, we've only done 500. So at this rate, we should be done by like 2895 or something like that. Um, so so it, 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 this is this administration's failing. There's an, there's an opportunity to uh, take a look at implementing some legislation that would make it a lot easier. Uh, unfortunately, this administration hasn't hasn't taken it up. Um, there, there's a, a program in New Jersey, uh, Newark, New Jersey, where uh, it's being challenged now, but they feel they're going to win. Which which would be the blueprint for us to get these lead service replacements done a lot quicker, uh, in the form of 200 homes a day, which would which would you'd make a big impact versus 500 less than 500 over the last four years. We're talking to Alderman Gilbert Viegas of the 36th Ward. He's running for re-election. And I know uh, I've been campaigning for a candidate in my ward. And uh, one of the things I'm hearing from people on the doors is, of course, public safety. And I and I appreciate that some of the work that you do uh, dovetails with this, with the universal basic income and supporting uh, officers, whether it's mental health or the visibility of police officers. But also, what we don't talk that often about when we discuss this it are empty buildings and vacant property that can really lead to uh, not just it looks like people don't care about the community. And it's also a place that can, can uh, be a landing spot for crime. What are you doing in regards to that? Yeah. So when you're talking about public safety, you're talking about, a, you know, a two pronged approach. First of all, we're not going to police our way out of this situation. We've got to get to the root cause of violence, uh, poverty, homelessness, uh, and deal with waste and opportunities uh, for those folks that are that are committing uh, these violent crimes, and then also again investing, continuing to invest in these communities that have not been invested in for a long time. So, anytime there's a lot or a vacant parcel in my ward, you know, I, I very aggressively begin marketing it uh, to developers because I want to get something there. We know that it's a vacant lot uh, or, or the, you know, the, the broken window syndrome. We've got to get these these projects um, up and running, getting them back on the tax roll, which, which in turn creates revenue but then also beautifying our communities. And so I've been very aggressive on that uh, to the point where right now uh, I do not have, uh, I have one vacant lot that's uh, uh, partially owned by the city and partially owned privately, which I'm talking to a developer right now uh, to bring um, a six unit apartment building uh, with two of those six being affordable. 
It's a, it's a lot of work that you've uh, taken on. I know that uh, people in your community, when I went door knocking for you in another race, uh, a lot of folks were grateful to have you as their uh, elder person. But I want to know, as we have a few moments left, uh, give us your, your pitch. Why should people reelect you? Take it away. Well, they should, yeah, thank you. So, you, you know, the city's at a crossroads right now. Um, uh, all polls are indicating that potentially there could be a new mayor in the city. And we want to make sure that we have experienced leaders uh, that can hit the ground running. And so I've run on a platform of public safety, education, accountability, city services, and economic development, talking about public safety, investing in our police, but also investing in the root causes of violence. Education, making sure that we're uh, supporting um, and advocating for additional funding. We're realizing and, re- and recognizing that the city of Chicago does not fund education. Um, that comes from the feds and states. But being a council member in the third largest city, uh, we have a great bowling pulpit and allows us to work with our state and federal folks to advocate for more money. But I make sure that we're investing in our schools. And so whether it's uh, investing in programs uh, like STEAM, um, WASU, or investing in the building trades with solar panel installation classes for kids, carpentry, um, those are things that I'm doing. And then accountability, I make sure that we're accountable. And my staff knows that I'm very serious about customer service. Uh, our job is to help residents uh, in, in dealing with city services. And my job is, as an older person is the, uh, our office is the conduit between the community and government. And we help advocate to make sure that projects are getting done. And then economic development, recognizing that the city of Chicago, we don't manufacture. The government doesn't manufacture widgets or sell widgets. We sell a service and we have a monopoly on it. And so our job is to uh, allow for businesses to prosper uh, responsibly creating jobs, which in turn creates revenue, which in turn creates a funding that's available for government programs. So we got to make sure that we're uh, working collaboratively um, when we're talking about economic development and as a, a huge proponent of making sure that minority women and better known firms are participating uh, along with the economic development opportunities. Thank you so much for your time. And I know that the, there are a lot of organizations that have uh, endorsed you, including uh, we also have uh, an endorsement from a uh, candidate for mayor, Chewy Garcia. And uh, and I know there's a lot of unions behind you. I know there's a lot of uh, a lot goes into these last few days of uh, gearing up for February 28th. Early voting has started, folks. Uh, is there anything uh, happening this weekend before uh, Tuesday that you want to let people know that you'll be out or volunteers? Obviously, the website is a good place to start and find out what's going on. Yeah, like? so, uh, yeah, I would say uh, our website is gilworkforchicago.com. We have some some, uh, some events that are going on uh, in the Ukrainian uh, village area. Uh, we also have some canvassing opportunities for, for young folks that might want to get involved civically uh, or just people that want to make sure that we're sending experienced leadership to city council. As I stated, the city's at a crossroads. We want to make sure that the legislative branch has necessary chops to get things done uh, so that way we can ensure that there's a uh, a check on the uh, on the executive branch, uh, given the fact that we are elected uh, similar to the mayor, we are the legislative branch. So we got to make sure that we have folks that understand that it's not just about city services; it's also about legislation. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, and I wish you the very best. I just sent a message to your team to see if you might want to check in with us because I'm on the air till ten on Tuesday. So we'll see if you you can check in with us okay. and let us know how things are going as we get results. Cool. And uh, and I appreciate it. it. Thank you so much. Go get them, sir. 
Thank you. Take care. Let's take a break here. Uh, if you want to call, i got a few minutes. I know we're going to talk to another aldermanic candidate coming up in just a few moments. They reached out and they were like, hey, let's, let's catch up on uh, on how it's going. Uh, we're going to check in with our, we, we met, I believe we met this candidate last week. Yes. Wendy Taylor Nations will join us in just a moment. Uh, we're checking in with some candidates. Uh, we're going to check in with a campaign. I believe we're checking in with Chewy Garcia's campaign at 630. I'll get that information to you, Lady B, in just a moment. We also have Jen Zanotti coming up. Uh, she is uh, one of just a really uh, positive, energetic, and motivating woman that we uh, are going to start having regular conversations, especially heading into the weekends, how to take care of yourself, how to be mindful, and, uh, and topics like that. More in a moment on Driving at Home with me, Patty Vasquez, on WCPT 820. And I'll have another word for you to text for a chance to win a gift card from one of our friends that, that has a carry, Minocqua Brew. The family meeting. Breaking news. McRib is back. Oh, my oh gosh. gosh. And they got the nerve to say, get it while it's last. Yeah, they always say that. <laughs> right. They, they always say that. And really I never miss it. it. I don't know if people are even buying it. The dude who created McRib wow. must have had dirty pictures on somebody because they should have fired his or her ass a long time ago. Say, listen, I'm, I want this in the menu and I want my cut. <laughs> right. Because I saw what you did with your nasty vibe. <laughs> the family meeting. Sundays, 4 to 6 p.m. is sponsored by Identity Guard. Protect your identity for as little as $6 per month. Visit lookaftermyid.com. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Want to remind... Oh, I didn't hit the... Just so we know. Here, if you want to call. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. We are continuing to give away gift cards from our friends. uh, Wait, wait, that's upside down. Sorry, everybody. So that one's on the Facebook Live page. You can go to WCPT's Facebook page or the Patty Vasquez Show page. And right there, you'll see our live stream. Thank you, Jerry, for putting that up there for folks. And we've got uh, we've got two more gift cards to give away from one of our Monaco Brewing Company vendors, including Annoyance Theater and Bar in Chicago, Baker Street Burgers in Rockford, Beer on Central in Evanston, Convito Cafe, and Market in Wilmette. Uh, just to name a few. We'll get to the rest of those in just a little bit. But there's one on the screen for you right there. And uh, let's see, it's been President's Week. We've been celebrating with the names of presidents as our words. Uh, I think we've used, I don't know if we've used, uh, hmm, oh, look, someone's already texting the the name. Let's go with uh, David, hold on a second. Oh, I do want to talk about this in just a moment. Uh, Let me see. I don't know. How about, uh, let's just, have I done Clinton yet? Let's do Clinton. Clinton is the name to text, 773-763-9278 for your chance to win a $25 gift card from one of our friends that, that Carrie Minocqua Bruce. Hey, before I go to the break, Dave, yeah, I heard about this uh, podcast. Yeah, that, With, yeah, go ahead. Tell people. Okay. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, he had that written off on that podcast and then he's trying to say at first, he says that he guaranteed, he said that this, uh, his evidence, you know, that he up against the George Soros funded prosecutors. Then, yeah. Then Dingbat Jr. asked, uh, were these guys getting some seats? You know, uh, sort of backhanded uh, donations, and he goes, "I guarantee it." Written those confident response, and he immediately backtracks, saying, "Well, I don't know for sure. I don't know for a hundred percent fact, but I I'm, I'm sure of it." You know? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, because he said, "Are you sure?" And then that's so that leads because here's the thing: Rittenhouse is in the middle of these lawsuits. So if he's out there, I mean, like some people are, I'll tell you something. Uh, my friend Renato Mariotti would tell you this, you know, one of his clients to shut up, stop yeah. talking. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, real quick. So you got yeah. 
Hey, um, I was mentioning I wasn't able to get through to Joner, but uh, I told Lady B last hour that uh, uh, when the mayor, uh, either you guys need to write her a, a letter of thank you, because when she did her ad where she was ripping on her her nearest uh, followers, and then when she did on Brandon Johnson, well, it was taken when he was in the studio. And in the background, you can see WCPT, 8.20 a.m. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, ma'am. You yeah. get some free advertising without That's... having to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my concerns. When I, Well, not my concern. My campaign was worried when I ran in 2020 because they were like, oh, God, you know, should we listen to all the radio you've done to see what, you, what you've said? And I'm like, <laughs> I was on five nights a week for three hours a day. Good luck for six years. Uh, yeah, I'm not spending that kind of money. I enjoy yeah. that, uh, that little yeah. tidbit. Uh, I appreciate it. Have a great weekend, Dave. Be good. Have a Take good care. weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to talk to candidate, uh, candidate Wendy Taylor Nations, who is running to be the alder person of well, I have to flip. There's so many numbers. She'll tell us when we join her in just a moment on WCPT 820. Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT Willow Springs is powered by ComEd. See how ComEd is preparing for a clean energy future at comed.com slash clean energy. You're listening to WCPT 820 because facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are talking to some uh, candidates who are we're heading into the home stretch and joining us. Candidate for the 43rd Ward Aldermanic seat is Wendy Taylor Nations. How is it going in these last few days, Wendy? Hi, Patty. Thanks for having me back on. Of course. Great to talk to you again. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's going really great. Uh, got some numbers to report. Oh. Uh, over 10,000 doors knocked. <laughs> nice. uh, over se- se- seven, all 77 streets in this ward uh, walked. Uh, turned 60 yesterday, so that's another number. Get out and, of here. Uh, happy 20, birth, happy birthday. Thank oh. you. <laughs> Go thank ahead. you. And 24 pounds lost, COVID pounds lost. <laughs> I was just looking at my pictures from when I was running because I'm getting like those on this day. Uh, I'm like, oh, I miss that <laughs> single chin. That was nice. <laughs> that looked good over there. It is a lot of walking. It's a lot of uh, having conversations. It is, uh, you know, the, for me, the hardest thing was often, you know, getting started again the next day. And then once I would get in that rhythm of knocking on doors, it's great, isn't it, to talk to your neighbors? It's great. And it's, it's, it's great to reconnect, especially post-pandemic, to reconnect with people you haven't seen in a long time. And have something to talk about. So that's just been a, a joy and a blessing. I want to thank you again because I've been thinking about our conversation. Um, and I know that you have been uh, very public about uh, a sexual assault that happened to you. I have, I, I was, it took me a long time to be public about it. It actually was uh, something I had to discuss because of my campaign and the things that the uh, incumbent was saying. Uh, we should all be able to choose our time and our place to come forward. With that Absolutely. being said, you, I, I really uh, am grateful that you and I had a conversation about how women often don't report things that seem like we can't catch somebody or it's embarrassing or sometimes we think, well, how do we let that happen? Will people believe us? There's so many different layers of that, isn't there? Yes, it it really is something that you consider. Will they believe me? I'm a woman of a certain age. Uh, Are they going to think that I'm somehow fantasizing about this? All all of the above. And uh, I think, I, I hope that at least one person heard that conversation and said, yes, I should, I should confront this. 
Yeah, and I and and to that as well. I mean, my mom and I, and I have talked about this. One of my uh, assaults was when I was sixteen, and she just didn't think that there was anything we could do because we were in a crowd. I also don't want. I also want to let people know: forgive yourself as well, because uh, oh, I love that. Yeah, please uh, be mindful of of your health, your mental health. With that being said, as well, uh, you. I hope you're pacing yourself on this campaign, and you know, t- caring about your. I know that you've only got four days left, but you know, I don't want to see you burn. <laughs> out on Monday. This is a lot. So what keeps you energized? What keeps you going every single day? Well, my rock is my husband, Scott. Uh, and also, I have an incredible team who we, we lift each other up. When one of us is kind of starting to flag, we lift each other up and we actually have regular meetings to do that. Not long meetings, but we check in with everybody and the question that we ask uh, to each other and we demand an answer is, how are you feeling? Right. How are you feeling? And, and so everyone, I love that everyone's checking in with each other. In these last few days, what do you want voters to know? One, obviously, vote. <laughs> Get out there, right? Yes. Yes. Vote. One of the reasons that I am running is because good people don't jump into these campaigns. And it might not matter. People might not think that it matters that, uh, about an alderman, these, uh, what they call the, the down ballot campaigns. These are vital. This is important stuff. This is, it's important to have people with great experience and great love for the community. And I want people to know that that's, that's who I am. I've lived in this community for almost 30 years. I want to give back. I want to serve. And I want to make certain that we all feel safe and secure inside and outside our homes. And yeah. I have a crime plan to do that. And, and I know that, uh, you know, we talk about people think, you know, oh, well, I'm, maybe I'll vote or what difference does it make? Your older person is the one that you're most likely to be connected with, whether it's something on your block or an issue with the city uh, permits, you know, even if you're having a block party, whatever it is, this is the person that is most directly going to affect your day to day life. Don't you think? Yes, they affect everything that's outside your front door. Yes. Your lights, the sewer, the potholes. Uh, the rats, everything. The person is, it's a concierge for our ward and um, a caregiver for our ward and every ward in this city. And it's an important role. And some, someone should really be invested in it. The person who's in that chair should be invested in it and be the voice for the residents of the community uh, to make certain that they get a fair voice in City Hall. And that's what I want to do. I uh, want folks to know, if you're curious, if you live in the 43rd Ward, you can go to wendyfor43.com. Uh, perhaps, if you know, this this is a great weekend to, you know, if, you haven't, if you've been kind of thinking about it and you want to take a look and you haven't voted yet, or if you have voted and you voted for Wendy and you want to figure out how to get her across the finish line, go to wendyfor43.com. And what kind of events do you have lined up for this weekend? I'm guessing a lot of canvassing. We're, do- yep. We're going to be doing uh, Get Out the Vote. And I'm going to be going to everywhere I can in the ward to make certain that I'm meeting with voters. Maybe maybe some I have not talked in the 10,000 doors I've knocked on, but I'm going everywhere and trying to meet as many people. I know I I listened to your weather report. I'm a little concerned about the weather, but it will improve again up toward Election Day. And and we're just going to fly through and have a great time meeting with voters and asking for votes. It's actually not too bad. I mean, look, let's. It, it, it was supposed to rain on Sunday. That looks like it's cleared out, just so you know. Uh, it's going to be yes. warm and rainy on Monday, so just make sure folks have their umbrellas and uh, if you you know get your you have your plastic bags ready for your your lit pieces and things like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, and so, what are where are some of the, uh, the for folks who are like some people still don't even know what ward they're in because of the remap? Tell us about some of the neighborhoods that are in the forty third ward. 
It's Lincoln Park, Old Town, and the Gold Coast. It's Racine to the lake, and it's North Avenue to diversity with a part of the Gold Coast from state to the lake and North Avenue to division. Okay. And in those, all those doors you've knocked over 10,000 doors, you know, have you, and look, I know it's all happening fast and you're trying to get to places and meet as many people as possible. What has in your mind surprised you? What's something that jumps out at you uh, that you learned during this campaign that you'll carry with you for the rest of your life? That people want to hear, they want to hear uh, your ideas. They want to hear what you say that, uh, that you're going to do. They, they really are invested and they want to know that you are a voice for them. And they want, I would say the number one thing is, is uh, using those voter contacts to build trust. Because if we don't have trust between each other as residents and aldermen, then we don't have anything. So number one, uh, completely across the board, is, is working hard to build that trust. And I have been working hard to build the trust of the voters in this in the 43rd Ward. And that's the thing, too, is that, uh, you know, that the, the two way street of of trust is is so important and people want to be heard. You know, they don't want to feel as though uh, if they if they voice a concern that uh, that they're just going to be, you know, an empty sort of an empty suit is just going to be like, uh-huh, and nod and then not do anything about it. Are you what kind of plans do you have in order to stay connected to constituents should you win? I'm going to do uh, I've been doing Zoom town halls that are have become very popular. People, again, want to be heard. And it's it's an opportunity to have a one on one. You know, Zoom has changed and the pandemic has changed our culture. So people also want that one on one contact in person. But the Zoom is an option that people like to take. And I'm going to continue to do that throughout my campaign. And uh, if I am lucky enough to be chosen as alderman of this ward, I'll continue to do that. I'll also have regular town halls. So something every month so that their voters can be heard. And and to your point, that two way trust built between the aldermen and the voters. And we were talking to Alderman Viegas in the last half hour about uh, some of the, several of the issues that he's running on. What are, are folks uh, expressing to you when it comes to environmental issues? We've talked a little bit about lead pipes, recycling programs. What are your what are your thoughts on that and your vision for your neighborhood? Lead pipes, uh, definitely. Uh, but I would I, that was that's more of a Chicago answer. I think in some of the more um, uh, in some of the more uh, um, uh, um, social inequity communities. Yes. Uh-huh. I think I think that is a major issue. Uh, we've got I think a, a sixteen billion dollars in the infrastructure, the new infrastructure act, and a lot of that is to go to municipalities like Chicago. So I would be very involved in city council in making certain that lead pipes in those uh, not social equity communities get what they need, because there are billions of dollars that need that need to be invested. Uh, the, the current model of having to complain about your lead pipes and uh, doing a lot of paperwork for the city is not working for people. So we've got to remove that red tape so that that, that money that's uh, available federally will flow into into unintended will flow into Chicago. And you and I, of course, talked about uh, public safety. What uh, what are some of your ideas and thoughts when it comes to, uh, you know, we talk a lot about supporting uh, the men and women who uh, serve the city of Chicago, as well as, you know, f- building, again, another area of trust between neighbors and the police force? Well, the district councils, the new district councils are uh, three people for every district to 22 in the city of Chicago who will be responsible for um, working with the police, providing some citizen oversight, 
but also building trust with the community. And how they'll do that is uh, it will they will communicate with the constituents. I will see them as aldermen as an important communication tool to make certain that everybody knows where crime is occurring and what we're doing about it. I think that's really important. I also think that we need to have better leadership at the top of CPD. And I want, uh, I want leadership who are focused on police morale, on police mental health, which is vital. We've lost too many officers to suicide. And finally, getting mm. more better trained cops on the street. Yeah, that's uh, something that that uh, is obviously top of mind for folks uh, in the last uh, year. Uh, how many police officers have taken their own lives and uh, and families that have been devastated in our communities uh, in in the fallout from that, as well as uh, support for the police officers that are there. And that does mean hiring to our to fill the vacancies uh, that have been uh, left by the whether it's a police. Retiring early, going to other police departments. Uh, we, unfortunately, COVID uh, also took its uh, toll on our, our men and women in uniform. Uh, what are some of the other issues that, that you want to make sure people know about that you are uh, working very hard to make sure, you know, your neighbors uh, are informed on what you plan to do? Schools. Schools, uh, both private and public in this ward, are a magnet for us. They are definitely a reason to, to come to this ward and stay in this ward. And I think we need a new Lincoln Park High School. Lincoln Park High School is in some ways unfortunately named because it doesn't just serve Lincoln Park. It serves the entire Chicagoland area across the academic and economic continuum. For example, there are over 20 unhomed uh, students at Lincoln mm. Park High School. And it's, it is the number one IP program in the country it is uh it is a really important part of not just lincoln park but of the entire city and it's very diverse and that's important for this community so that people can uh the students can can go to to school with folks who don't look like them and who are uh but but still part of our community and they can learn different cultures and different ways of life. And I think that's important. That's how I grew up. Did you say that Lincoln Park, is that the only, Lincoln Park High School, Lincoln Park High School is the only high school in the community? Or is there another? No, we oh. have, no, we have private uh, high schools as well. Oh. But Lincoln Park High School is the only public high school in the community. I never even thought of this. My apologies, because I know then the other closest school would be Walter Payton. Both of those are magnet schools. So it, it I, you know, this is a problem throughout the city where I, I wish that we put the same sort of intention and resources into our neighborhood schools as we do for the magnet schools. It's great. I, I've benefited from them myself. I went to Lane Tech and my son went to Payton. I, I wish that every kid had that opportunity. That's that's just my point. of view, Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And well, Lincoln Park High School, if, if folks see kids wandering around or in, you know, at the 7-Eleven at 9.50 a.m., 9.50 a.m., it's because that's their first lunch period. They don't have enough room to yeah. serve kids yeah. around the actual lunch hour. Wow. Yeah, that's that's insane. Well, we've got a couple couple minutes left. Do you want to give your pitch, your final pitch uh, on driving it home to folks that either live in the 43rd Ward or know someone who lives there and maybe want to call them and say, hey, I heard I heard one of the candidates on the show. What's your pitch? I I sure do. So I am committed this, to this community. Like I said to you last week, I got married in St. Clements and never left. Uh, my husband and I have lived here for almost 30 years. We are part of the of the uh, warp and weave, the fabric of this community. We love it here. We want people to, to feel safe and secure. I only want to be alderman of this ward. I don't want to run for Congress. 
I really want to serve the residents of this community, and I am committed to doing that. I wish you the best, and uh, maybe we'll check in with you uh, on election night. I'll, I'll see if I'll reach out and see if you've got time. I'm trying to reach out to a bunch of candidates, or at least they can reach out to me, too, folks. If I, if you, if you're listening, you're like, I would be on. Uh, reach out. So I appreciate that, <laughs> and uh, and I go go get them, and also uh, pace Thanks, yourself. Patty. <laughs> Thank you. Take I, care. Oh, I appreciate that. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Let's take a break here, and I'll take your calls. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight is the number to call and join our conversation, as well as a text your for your chances to win. In a gift card to one of the great Monaco Brewing Company vendors. We've got uh, cards, gift cards from Doty's Liquor in Elmhurst, Eastside Cafe Coffee and Wine Bar in East Dundee, Orange and Brew in Downers Grove, our public house in Rogers Park, and we're welcoming Wilmette Market at 3534 Lake Avenue in Wilmette to the Progressive Beer family. Uh, the one to text, uh, the, you have two chances if you're watching on our Facebook live chance. You have two. I don't know why I'm saying two to you guys. It's also peace. Uh, <laughs> the other word is Clinton to uh, if you want one chance if you get two chances you got to watch the Facebook live stream to see what card I'm holding up um, hopefully I'm holding it correctly more in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal light at the end of the tunnel light at the end of this tunnel that light at the end of the tunnel your guiding light that light is going to get brighter and brighter through another day I think it's a great day the Joan Esposito show live local and progressive weekday afternoons at 2 on WCPT 820 Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit and lime-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to reproductive rights groups in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Provisions Uptown Chicago and R&J Wine and Spirits in Glenview, as well as Eastside Cafe, Coffee and Wine Bar in East Dundee, where Kate is serving up smiles and drink responsibly. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. Let's get those phone lines open. Jim, you're on the air. What's on your mind, my friend? Hi, Patty. I got. I was going to say, it just indulge me for a minute. Sure. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the White Sox game tomorrow. Three reasons: the bases are three inches bigger. You <laughs> played baseball as a kid, didn't you? You played. Did you play sure baseball did. as a kid? I sure did. Yep. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine those base stealers like Maury Wills and Ricky Anderson <laughs> if they had a bat that was three inches bigger? How many more bases they would have stolen? And they're anticipating that. And then they got a thirty-second pitch clock, which is going to make it really strange. Where the Everybody has to be prepared within 30 seconds, which has never happened since I've been watching baseball. Is the intention, the to, make, is, is the intention to make the game go faster? Is that the 30-second pitch well, clock? Yeah, yeah, but, yes, it is. But they use it in it's, – it's a mess in the, in the uh, minor leagues where they employ it because if you don't throw the ball in 30 seconds, it's a ball. If you don't step in the batter's box in 30 seconds, it's a strike. So everybody's arguing. You can imagine managers arguing a ball is a strike. They're all going to get thrown out. The other thing is you can't put the fielders, you know, on one side or another. They have to be in a certain position. If they're not in that position, you can actually hit a grounder and then look at the replay and say, oh, the, the player was out of position. I mean, this is going to be nuts, but it's going to be fun to watch. But anyway, the reason I call Petty is what do you anticipate – 
uh, Tuesday night. Now, you, Stacey, did a tremendous job on the debates. Joan sounded like she's got a little uh, election exhaustion. <laughs> and, and, well, she, uh, look, she's interviewed every single candidate. I know. Uh, and I, know. I And because of that, like I decided to kind of narrow it down to a couple of, of campaigns that we, in particular, aldermanic campaigns. We have Brandon Johnson on the books for Monday. We're going to talk to someone from Chewy Garcia's campaign coming up at 630. I should probably send Lady B that information. Um, yes. So, it, I, I mean, I am, uh, I'm, I think I'm most interested right now in the aldermanic races because the mayoral race obviously is going to go to a runoff. Uh, I don't think we'll know for sure the results because of the mail-in ballots. Uh, I am concerned uh, about the news that we're hearing about Paul Vallis, all all these different things about the kind of hateful things that he's now saying, well, he didn't really run his Twitter account. That was someone else doing it. And yet, he, you know, I, I'm shocked and appalled. He's had to say he's shocked and appalled about uh, his association with Awake Illinois. He He's had to say he's shocked and appalled by the things he said 10 years ago. I mean, I, I'm concerned that his numbers are pretty high. I just saw uh, I just the people that he surrounds himself with uh, are, is troubling. And the fact that he's in the lead. Yeah. Like I say, I admire your energy. I admire <laughs> Joan's energy. I admire your energy. Uh, Appreciate it. But. But it sounds to me, I uh, just my crystal ball is as good as your crystal ball. Let's say it's Paul and whomever in two weeks when they finally decide who is the right, who's the other candidate, and that's when the that's when the thing really starts. So there's no point of calling winners or losers until because. Anything can happen by yes. April uh, after you get two candidates into a race, and, and anything but, can happen before Tuesday. I mean, we're in the home stretch yeah. now, uh, but the, in the weeks leading, I think that Lori Lightfoot, when she was running in 2019, had maybe seven percent uh, of the the polling. You know, right. so Vallis exactly. Vallis exactly. right now is pre- is pretty high up there in uh, around thirty. Uh, in the, one of the latest polls, Brandon Johnson again. Th- and there's no congregate. I don't know who has the congregate of all the polling that's happen. But Brandon Brandon Johnson, Lori Lightfoot, and Chewy Garcia are all in the mid-teens or the low-twenties. So anything yeah, no, could happen. I tuned it Tuesday night. What, what's the way I tuned it Tuesday night. I can't miss the night of the radio. I'm a radio for the yeah, pandemic. <laughs> who, who are you what? betting on? Who are you, uh, who are you laying odds on? I, you know, there, I, there, I, this one, I am absolutely... Uh, I have no clue. I have no clue. I mean, I remember the days with the dailies, for instance, you know, when I would go into my grandmother's house, I'm going to give you a picture of daily Kennedy and the, and the sacred heart of Jesus. And they'll be together, you know, but we knew the daily was going to win. I mean, and the kid we knew was going to, but this one, I have no clue. I have no clue. So yeah. I'm going to tune it Tuesday <laughs> and I hope, uh, and I hope some of your candidates win. Patty, and thanks Me for too. taking my uh, call. Absolutely. Have a good weekend. Have a great weekend, my friend. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting evening. Uh, as I said, uh, I just, um, I'm concerned, but I am I am uh, thrilled that there is a lot of effort right now to get out the vote, to uh, encourage people to show up at their, at their polling places. I know that there's a lot of work being done in the Latino communi- community, and that might seem that it's because, uh, you know, we're, people who are working for Chewy Garcia, it's folks that want to energize the Latino communities because we represent 29 percent of the city's population. Our turnout rate, Lady B., is it about 8%? Yeah, that's our turnout.
Uh, and I know someone messaged me about how, what ideas I have for uh, connecting with the Latino uh, community in order to encourage them to be a part of the process. And I feel bad because I've been overwhelmed and I didn't get back to them. But I we have time for the, for the runoff um, it, regardless. Uh, but I think that obviously community organizations uh, connecting, and, you know, not necessarily going to the churches, but find out what church functions there are. Is there a bingo event? Is there a, a potluck dinner? Is there, you know, there's a lot of different events and different ways to connect with folks where they are. So we do need to make sure that, that voices are heard. Um, and this is one of the ways we get left out of remapping. And those are part of the numbers that, ne- that negatively impacted our ability to have a better representation. So if you know uh, folks in your community, uh, regardless of their uh, their background, uh, encourage them to make sure that they vote. They're alder people, their mayor, their police board. These are all positions that will affect you directly. And uh, we need to show up and, and make sure that we are heard both now and in the runoffs. Uh, I'm hoping that there aren't too many aldermanic runoffs, but we'll continue to have these conversations. And here, I think that I hope uh, that folks who've heard the conversations with all the candidates that we've talked to, regardless of whether or not they are in your communities, that you have an idea of what folks are working toward, what uh, people are thinking about, uh, and what they want to see from their leaders. And and hopefully that leads you to do your research on the people that serve your communities and, and find out what the, where they stand on the issues that we talk about every single day, because uh, that's the most meaningful impact you can have directly. As uh, Wendy, uh, Wendy said earlier, uh, your alderman has a lot of impact the moment you open the door. And even and then before then the sewers if your if your basement floods because the alleys are overflowing uh, if there are tree branches down and you you walk out and your you know your car's been hit by branches you, we need to make sure that the the resources are there and distributed fairly that we have responsive leaders in our communities when we come back let's talk to Jen Zanotti uh, I'm so excited she's uh, we're going to be checking in with her every month and uh, find out how we can go into our weekends uh, motivated and inspired to do better for ourselves and others more in a moment on. WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. You're the only voice of reason on the radio. You give me hope. Having listened to you every day. Thank you for your clear insight. Always felt a little bit smarter. I listen to you every single day. I keep coming back to this station, and thank you for what you do. On WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Because facts matter. You are listening to WCPT 820. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. thrilled to welcome to the show uh, my very good friend Jen Zanotti and she has a blog right now that you can look up uh, the Gen Z blog and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that blog but also that she's kicking off her Patreon page which is exciting congratulations hey Jen how are you doing I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We, you and I off the air were just talking about the weather, and uh, and you told me that it was 77 degrees yesterday where you are. 77. I, that's amazing. Well, okay, so that's a great place, actually. You know, we're talking about getting energized and taking care of ourselves. Uh, sometimes you have to do it a little bit superficially, right? If the weather's not great. Right, right. You, uh, you know, I, I feel like a great way to do that is to just kind of practice some self-care, self-care and what better way than to take care of your skin. That was kind of what my latest blog was about. Um, and when it's super cold outside, all you want to do is hunger down inside and 
I feel like you can pamper yourself. It's the perfect time. Well, and when folks uh, think of skin, they first think of their face. And we're talking about full body care. I want to say before we talk about all this, I was at a uh, event a couple weeks ago. And one of the women I was with just looked at me and she goes, what do you do for your skin? And, uh, and I could have just said, like, you know, sometimes I just say genetics. Because that can be true, yeah. um, but for I, sure. but she, for whatever reason, I, I pulled the lid off, and like the look on her face and the other person she was with was like, oh, "I'm so sorry." I asked because my mom taught me to take care of my my skin. Uh, she has, yeah. she's 88 and has the most beautiful skin. Her face, her whole body, she's always moisturizing. Uh, but tell us what a, what a, a healthy routine of taking care of our skin, male, female, everybody who wants to feel good about the skin they're. And that was great that you pinpointed that. This is for everybody. Like, I make my husband do a skincare routine and do facials with me and masks. Um, and he's looking good because of it. So that's a great thing. But it's very important, like, the basics, sleep, water, proper nutrition, all of that stuff, which when I tell people that, they'd rather me tell them, like, to buy a $300 moisturizer. Uh, because those things can be the hardest things to do. But you know, that's very important for your skin. So we want to make sure that we're looking at the simple things, not so easy, but very simple. But it's also important to be cleansing your skin twice a day. It's important to exfoliate your skin once to twice a week, just so we can get all that, you know, the dead cells off. And we wear, we might wear makeup or we might be working somewhere where there's a lot of congestion that gets into our skin. Um, You know, if you're in construction or whatever you may be doing, the weather changes, we need to exfoliate that stuff off, that dead, dry skin. So that's really important. If we don't do that, our skin won't receive the moisturizer or the hydration as, as it should. Um, and masking is really important. Uh, different treatments and serums, depending on what everybody's looking for. If you're looking for anti-aging or diminishing age spots, all that fun stuff. Um, so I kind of give some tips on that. But definitely hydrating the skin using a proper moisturizer, you want to do that day and night, using your sunscreen, your SPF, um, you know, all that is really, really important to make sure that you're doing. And you should be doing this every day. Every, yeah, I, I, folks, I know it sounds like a lot. I I am in love with this new um, sort of oil-based cleanser. Uh, It doesn't get too, oh my God, it's so good. Hey, it's and I, I don't even I don't even remember the name. It's one of the best things that I ever used. And you can have things that are from the drugstore, from Walgreens or CVS. It doesn't have to be top of the line uh, items. But right. With that being said, so my mother was the one that started me on this routine when I was in high school. Her big company was Shiseido. Or Shiseido. I don't know. Shiseido. Stop it. I was going to talk about. It. I love Shiseido. Oh yeah. When so, I worked for Mac, Shiseido uh-huh. was like right across the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so they had this uh, cake soap. It was like a little cake uh and and Uh (laughs) my husband's listening he's like oh god this story again so it was like in a little container it was on our the ledge of our sink you know and i would like i would wet my hands i would wet my hands and like rub it gently and then put that on my face right to make it last and they actually ended up uh discontinuing that soap right so it was like the last bar i had i think this was in the 90s right (laughs) 
and I was, in the, I was in the bathroom with Steve, and he's about to wash his face. He takes the soap off the dish, runs it out of the water. He's like rubbing. I'm like, I was just screaming. <laughs> I, I know folks I are like, <laughs> I know folks think I sound crazy. I was like, I, I, I couldn't. I was apoplectic. It was a $25 bar of soap, which could last me a year right. that because I was using it very sparingly. And that's the thing. You don't have to use a lot of any of these products. If you buy something, it's thirty dollars or fifty dollars. It all lo- a little goes a long way, doesn't it? Yeah, especially like those that may be a little bit more expensive or high end. They're going to be very concentrated. Yes. And listen, I've been an esthetician for over twenty years, and you know, I've I've used. I love using Trader Joe's uh, cleanser, like gel based cleanser. I mean, and their SPF I think are the best. Uh, you know, personally. Uh, but I've used, you know, products that are super high end. And so it just depends. It depends what works best for your skin. Um, you know, some over the counter stuff people like. I would say just to watch out for like things that are super fragrant. Sometimes that can cause a little bit of an irritation with your skin. So always try something. If you can get samples of stuff, that's the best thing. It's ideal. You can use it for a couple of days and just see if your skin has a reaction. And there are places that are really good about accepting returns. Let's say you go to Ulta and something doesn't work out for you. You tell them that it irritates your skin. Uh, and you can also ask them for samples to so put them in little containers uh, and to take them home, like eye cream and things like that. And some people with, will say, well, I, I moisturize. Do I really need to use eye cream? But it's because you have more thin yes. skin. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, God, this is yes. Yeah, go ahead. I just did, you know, after some hard training today, too, I came home and I did, uh, I have, these like gel eye masks (laughs) that I use. So I did some of that today. Um, But that skin is definitely thinner and a little bit more sensitive. So you don't want to use your regular moisturizer that's going to be made for a little bit of your thicker skin on your face. So that's definitely something to kind of be cautious about. Um, You know, and you you don't want to get moisturizer in your eyes or eye cream, but you can kind of bring it under the brow, on the lid, and then underneath. Always use just like your ring finger or middle finger to kind of dab. You know, I love that we're on Zoom and we can see each other. Um, So, you know, and it depends too, you know, for different things. You might want to have less puffiness. You might want to help with your dark circles. You might want to help with fine lines. So read the labels, see what the products actually do and are geared for. So you're using the right thing for the right intention. And the thing I've been using since I was, and I wish that I had started using it when I was younger and as a lifeguard, but in my 20s, I started using uh, sunscreen more regularly as well. Yeah, super important uh, to help block those UV rays. Uh, I think... Honestly, Trader Joe's has one of the best spray sunscreens. Interesting. It's super inexpensive. You can use it on the face and body. It is not greasy. Sometimes with SPS, depending what's in it, um, people can have reactions and they can break out a little bit. Um, this one is a straight up SPF and you can put it on over your moisturizer. So even if you have a moisturizer you like that doesn't have an SPF in it, you can go ahead and put that on. And obviously if you're outside longer than like, 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes, you might need to reapply or an hour. It depends if you're in direct sunlight. I had no idea that Trader Joe's had, uh, had sunscreen, which is actually also oddly, I mean, I don't know what the price, if it's the same, but it's also available on Amazon, which I'm like, okay, I had, I did not know these things. It's probably like, not, I could like go find my bottle I have here, but <laughs> it's, uh, uh, I think it's like nine ninety nine or like six ninety nine. It's crazy. 
That's wild. So for folks who are, I wanted to, to have us have a conversation with Jen because, you know, we've got a lot going on. I feel like we've uh, been oversaturating folks with candidates for races. I want to talk a little bit about pampering yourself and your skin is your largest organ. So when we talk about using things that uh, cleansing and exfoliating and, and making sure that you're uh, getting rid of those things, it's also about uh, just being mindful because when you're taking care of your face, it's, I don't know. For me, it just it feels good, you know, massaging the moisturizer, putting on a mask. Just I can't right. do anything for 10, 15, 20 minutes except for sit there with a the mask. <laughs> it forces you to kind of like have that chill time, but it does feel so good. And I, I've kind of gotten re-energized as, you know, I've I've shifted careers a little bit more and, and I'm on, you know, on the mat training all the time and, uh, you know, doing jujitsu and teaching and, you know, I'm not wearing as much makeup as I used to do or I might not be focusing on my skin as much, but I've just, as I turn 41, which I like to say I proudly own because I'm actually like embracing the aging and I love it. I feel great at this age, but, um, I am like, you know, I want to kind of get back to my, my, uh, skincare routine and really put in the time to, you know, exfoliate and mask and do all the fun stuff because it makes me feel good. I have to tell you, uh, I am 51, and I'm trying to be better about saying that out loud because I, I've spent most of my life in a career where I was not allowed to say that I was getting older as a as a performer. No, I'm good now. I'm good. Uh, I will say I really enjoyed my 40s in the sense that I did things that I I never would have imagined, like whether it was CrossFit, trying jujitsu, trying a lot of different things, and uh, and I'm trying to get back into that. The pandemic. I, I'm not going to say that my 50s are off to a rough start. It's only because I think of the circumstances and I have to find ways sure. to, to peel out of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. To peel literally like <laughs> peel, chemical peel, face peel. Well, that's, and that's the thing too, is once in a while, peel. every, every few months I go for a professional uh, facial and do some of the, the treatments that they have there. When someone goes for a facial and you go to a clinician, esthetician, a uh, clinician, mm-hmm. what was that? Esthetician. Clinician. Yeah, I don't know. That, I like that. that. Clinician. clinician. That didn't make magical. sense. I, I made it up folks and I, I heard it as it came out. <laughs> Estheticians. What are some of the things that, that folks should try? Like the first time they ever go for a facial, what should they uh, request? Or you know, because a lot they they throw a lot of things at you. They do throw a lot of different things at you, and I think they like to come up with fancy names. I mean, I'd really just ask for a basic facial. A good esthetician is going to really customize for you, like depending on your needs. Um, so most facials are going to you're going to have a basic cleansing, you're going to have exfoliation, you're going to have extractions, you're going to have uh, massage, you're going to have uh, masks and then finishing treatments. Like that's very basic and standard. Um, some might be geared more towards like hydration or if you have acne, you know, more acne specific. So look at the names. That's what they might kind of gear towards, but you can always call and just ask be like, Hey, this is my first time. I just need a basic facial. It's a wonderful like hour to yourself. Even if you can go quarterly, it doesn't have to be every month, but the more you can go, the better. Uh, I mean, you know, it's hard, even for me, I'm going to get a facial soon and it's hard to massage myself. I can do as much stuff, you know, to myself and get the products, but I want the enjoyment of the pampering as well. So. Yeah. 
the place it's I go super, off, super important. I agree. And I just got a massage on uh, Tuesday and it was so good. I Stuff mean, is so important. Well, especially when you get someone. OK, I, I've been meaning to tell this story and I because I'll probably write a bit about it. But uh, I, you know, some people are, are some women aren't comfortable with male masseuses. Um, but a few months ago, I had a masseuse, a, a woman. And it was funny because like I didn't want to judge her by her size. Right. She was about five feet tall. Uh, and I kind of was like lumbering over her. When I was like, well, maybe she's got really strong hands. Uh, it I, it felt like she took a baby doll's hands, just like was just tapping me with them. And it was I was like, oh god! I was like, I I just I, I felt so creepy. The minute I thought it felt like little kids' oh, hands, my- I was like, oh god! What is that? I felt terrible. Uh, it was just so it was yeah. it was just oh, too light. I mean, it was like she was like just you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like you need a little deeper, a little deeper. Yeah. But so I, uh, so then this week, uh, complete opposite. Uh, my masseuse, his name was Jose. Big dude. I mean, like Marvel superhero, big dude. Like I, like, I wasn't awesome. sure he was like his shoulders were gonna clear the hallway as we walked to the room. I was like, oh my oh god, my gosh. what is happening? And but the the difference was it wasn't just that he, he and he asked the whole time. And please, folks, if you're on a massage table, please tell them how you feel about it, right? But too light, yes. too light. Like it, it, I didn't think she even had the upper body strength to go more than <laughs> what she had done. But but this guy, uh, but he'd also done things like positioning. With pillows under my shoulder like did a lot of really mindful things uh asked me how it was the whole time and uh and i was like yeah i i i went out to reschedule and they're like well he's booked out for four weeks i'm like yeah he is that (laughs) yeah he's amazing yeah that's a really important point though and i would always stress this to clients you know you have to communicate like don't feel bad you know this is your time and I'm doing this for you. I don't take offense, right? And money. Yeah. Yes. And so it's like, you know, and, and it's good for that that therapist to be checking in to make sure pressure is okay and you're comfortable. Um, but always, you know, don't don't be afraid to, to kind of speak up and, uh, you know. And on the opposite end of that, how do you convey that you'd really not to ch- chat? You don't want to chat the entire massage. I would say, you know what? I've just had such a crazy week. Like, this is really my time to zone out. Sorry if I, you know, start snoring or like fall asleep. Like, Ooh. don't mind me. Something like that. You know, where it's, it's you're not kind of saying, being rude or feeling like you're being rude. But I would always gauge too. I, I feel like a, a therapist should know this. If someone wanted to talk to me, I would, you know, I would, of course, converse and follow that energy. But if they were, like, more quiet, I would kind of go with that as well. You would you know, yes. and, I, and, and if somebody was kind of chatty, I'd say, too, like, you know, okay, you know, I, I don't want you. I want you to be able to enjoy and relax, like, take your time. And if they're like, oh, no, no, I want to talk great. This is relaxing. Fine. You know, awesome. But then I always usually leave them in their mask and leave the room and be like, here you go. <laughs> you, get to, you get to have your 10 to 15 minutes quiet time. We are hanging out with Gen Z. You can find the Gen Z blog at GenZSubsec.com. Let's take a break here and find out about the Patreon that she's launching and uh, where you can find it and what, you, what to expect. More in a moment with Jen Zanotti, Gen Z, the Gen Z blog. When we come back on Driving at Home with me, Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. 
We are talking to Jen, Jen Zanotti. You can find the Gen Z blog at genz.substack.com. And uh, it's so it's so fun to uh, catch up with you and talk about what you're up to. So tell us about this Patreon page that you are launching. Uh, well, I'm so excited. I get to provide more content for people, uh, my Gen Z tribe. So it's been something I've wanted to do for a while, and I feel like I want to give different price point and offerings to people. But really, my mission is to be able to energize and empower people to live their best lives. So that's through nutrition, fitness, self-care, motivation, uh, jujitsu, whatever it may be. There's content on all levels that will be available, and it's going to come out this week. So if people want to, you know, stay in the loop, they can subscribe to my blog because I will be putting out a newsletter uh, regarding all that stuff. And the first people who subscribe, there's going to be some goodies and giveaways. So I'm really, really excited. Okay, tell us again. How do they subscribe? Where do they go to find out about the uh, Patreon page? If they go to the genz.substack.com, they can subscribe to my blog and they'll get an email about that. Uh, you can also go to my Instagram at all things Gen Z. There's going to be announcements dropping all week. Um, and then you'll get notified when it goes live and you can subscribe. I'm so excited. I, uh, I just subscribed, by the way. Uh, you don't have to give me anything for free because uh, your friendship is plenty. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Patty. <laughs> that was thank very you, easy. So, so again, that's com, and then uh, you put your fa- your your uh, best face forward is the uh, the latest one. Here's the skinny on caring for your skin. And what are some of the things that you, we talked about our face a lot? What are some of the things that you use for your whole body for for moisturizing? I love doing um, like different body butters. I, I think body butter is something that's like great. That's a little bit like happier, especially in the winter. It's going to be a, a little bit of a thicker cream. You can do salt scrubs or sugar scrubs in the shower to help exfoliate that dry skin, especially knees and elbows are always going to be the, the, the driest patches. Um, but I like to do that stuff and I like to moisturize as soon as I get out of the shower, just because your pores are open and then it's going to absorb that moisturizer a little bit better. Um, on that damp skin. So that's something that's really, really beneficial. Um, if you have really dry feet and hands, I'm like allergic to the state of Maryland and started getting like that eczema uh-huh. out here. So I would definitely use um, a thicker lotion and put it on my hands and heels and then wrap them in socks uh, yeah. at nighttime. And then it would just be like a miracle. So just taking the time to do those things. And then the thing that's actually one of the most important things for your skin is hydration. Uh, that's water. and water. And I know. Do you still start your day with lemon, turmeric, and ginger? You know me so well, Patty. I love you. Remember that. <laughs> um, yes, I do. It's it's. That's a life-changing shot in the morning. Yeah, and it's supposed to be good for your digestion, for for your energy and things like that, too. Yeah, antioxidant. Yeah, it's an immune uh, immunity booster. Uh, It'll help with inflammation in the body. Uh, Turmeric's great for that. Gut health, all that stuff. So I have to tell you something that I, I, uh, you know, because TikTok sometimes has too much of an influence on me. Uh, I decided to do uh, fermented garlic in my pantry with uh, in honey. It's a a mason jar of honey and like two whole bulbs of. I had had to peel like every single one and kind of like kind of pop them a little bit. And uh, so that's and so I burp it every day because you have to burp your fermenting items and uh man does that leave a that my husband has to run uh, it, but it smells like chinese food too it's like honey garlic it's to me it sounds, can it's i funny. tell you i like 
the only Italian here who like cannot have garlic anymore. It's crazy. What? I can't. It just does not like raw, more so raw garlic and like onion just gives me the odds. I just can't deal with it. It just does not sit well in my stomach. Oh no. So you're supposed to take, like, yeah. you're supposed to take a teaspoon of this fermented honey. So I'll let you know how it goes once I have finished my science yeah, project. Let me in the know. Pantry. That's awesome. I so love, much fun. I love this, the smell of it. The other thing before we go, uh, we talk often about your work as a jujitsu instructor for folks who've, uh, they've heard of it in the background tell them, I mean, you know, they, they know that some of the people who do stunts on movies, they blend, have a blended martial arts and things like that. Tell folks about the sure. practice of, of jujitsu. Well, jiu-jitsu, for people that don't know what that is initially, I like to compare it to wrestling. Um, so I kind of feel like jiu-jitsu begins where wrestling ends. Um, but it's a grappling art. So there's a lot of stand-up in it, uh, but a lot of grappling on the ground. There's no striking, but there's chokes and there's arm bars and leg locks. And it's great for self-defense. You learn to be very dominant from your back, which is especially great for women, I feel, in sexual assault scenarios. Um, it's just an awesome, it's like a physical chess game. It's just, it's so cool. It's so intricate. Um, but it's, uh, it's definitely, jujitsu is for everyone. You know, it's, it's something that everyone can do, but you know, you gotta go try it out. <laughs> I, I know that I made uh, Paul Farvar, uh, uncomfortable when I had him <laughs> in a, uh, uh, locked in between my thighs. Uh, and it, <laughs> he closed guard, yes. <laughs> Um, before we go, two things. Uh, my husband just messaged me and said, see, even Jen thinks raw garlic is yuck. And uh, that's just my... <laughs> she didn't say that. She said she can't tolerate it like she used to. But more importantly, a listener from the 630 asks, what is your recipe for water, turmeric, and lemon drink? So I do... It's actually minus water. There is no water. Oh. But it's a little shot. If you need to dilute it, you can. Um, the lemon juice. But I'd say probably about a tablespoon of lemon juice. And then, like, a teaspoon of, you can do organic powdered ginger and organic turmeric. Uh, stir it on up, shoot it back. There you go. It gives you a kick in the morning. I used, I, I used to do it more regularly as well, but I haven't. Uh, I do warm water in the morning. I, I, I do room temperature water to get my body yep. going and, uh, and feel it. Like if I you, love it. You're good about that. Yeah, that's the one thing I do every single yeah. morning. It's to just start the yeah. day off. I'll try to get back. I, I, I've, I'm trying to cut back on sugars and carbs and things like that just to be more mindful about what I put in my body. One more time, where can folks awesome. find your work and subscribe uh, to pa- your Patreon page? Uh, they can subscribe to my blog at genz.substack.com, which will have all the details coming this week of how to get to my Patreon when it goes live. And on my Instagram at all things Gen Z. Outstanding. I will talk to you again soon, my friend. We love Yay, you. Yay, absolutely. Have a great, you. Have a great so weekend. My, my best to Jay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to check in with uh, with our, our new friend. I love making new friends on the show. We're going to check in with uh, Stephanie Gadlin and talk about uh, some, some of the campaigns, what's going on in the mayoral race, and, and a little bit about uh, CTU union members who have uh, expressed their frustrations with things that are going on uh, in regards to these races. More after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. More after this. And don't forget to text. Um, we can text Clinton to 773-763-9278 for your chance to win a $25 gift card to one of our wonderful vendors that carry Monaco Brewing Progressive Beers. And uh, on the Facebook Live page, you've also got a chance to win with that word that I just, that name right there on the screen. More in a moment.
Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT Willow Springs, is powered by ComEd. See how ComEd is preparing for a clean energy future at comed.com slash clean energy. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to keep Wisconsin blue and drive the MAGA cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at MP's Liquor and Wine in North Aurora, Taste Food and Wine in Rogers Park, as well as Uprising Bakery and Cafe in Lake in the Hills. Tell Karina we sent you. And drink responsibly. On January 6, 2021, followers of Trump and something called QAnon attempted a coup at the United States Capitol. Who are these people? I want to live with the QAnon girl. I could be happy the rest of my life with a QAnon girl. Believer of theory, she leans to the right. She never gets weary of being gullible and white. She's my QAnon girl. And like members of any cult, these folks seem willing to follow the directions of their leaders, no matter how irrational or insane or stupid they may be. She likes crazy leaders. She likes worshiping. She learned from a young age to believe anything. She's my QAnon girl. She voted for Trump twice. She bows at his feet. Playing a little bit of uh, Steve Goody's uh, QAnon Girl to remind folks about our, our weekly show on Mondays at 9 p.m. Central, the virtual comedy show. So, uh, of course, he always has new music to share with us every week, but that's one of my favorites. Uh, joining me on the line is Stephanie Gadlin. She's a writer, a civil rights activist, and we want to talk to her a little bit about her support for Chewy Garcia and his campaign for the mayor's race. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Stephanie? It's a pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. What what has uh, drawn? I know that you've worked with a uh, uh, former uh, CTU president, Karen Lewis. Sadly, we lost her in in recent years. And as a graduate of Lane Tech, I knew her and her husband. So I know that you worked with her. Let's start there and talk about your relationship with her and the work that you did. Oh, absolutely. Um, Love Karen. Karen, uh, as you know, is president of the Chicago Teachers Union, and I was her communications director from 2011 to about 2016, so most of uh, the years that that, uh, she was the powerhouse that she was. Uh, I worked very closely with her uh, as also her advisor, um, helped to coordinate and orchestrate her potential mayoral run, and after uh, she could not continue due to the health challenge that she received, um, she asked if I would help elect Julie as the next mayor of the city of Chicago, and I gave her my commitment then that I would, and I'm keeping that commitment as of today. And this is a pretty uh, full field of candidates. When Chewy Garcia ran previously, how many candidates were there when Rahm Emanuel was the incumbent at the time? It wasn't that big of a field, was it? No, it, it wasn't. Um, you know, Rahm was a very powerful mayor, and so that scares off a lot of people. And he had a very powerful war chest. But at the time, we knew that we had the right message and we had the right individual and we had the right motivation, and the people were with us. And again, I know that Karen Lewis would have been the next mayor of the city of Chicago had not she uh, left the race uh, due to her diagnosis. 
Talk to us a little bit about, uh, and a, a lot, you know, folks often talk about the, you know, we've got the white candidate, we have the black candidate, we have the Latino candidate. You know, we need to unify behind one black candidate. I mean, we think a lot of people are going to, white people are going to vote for Paul Vallis. Uh, you know, it's just going to, you know, we're trying to get Latinos out for Chewy, but a lot of folks see Chewy Garcia, Congressman Garcia, as someone who is a unifier. Talk to us a little bit about your, your thoughts on that. You know, uh, the congressman is absolutely a unifier. I think he has the right experience, the right amount of experience, and he will be ready on day one to leave the city where it needs to go. Um, we don't need four more years of a combative approach with the various city leaders, with very com- various community leaders, with people who are just seeking resources and relief from the city. We need someone who is capable of pulling us together in a, a collective vision in which we all share in, and we can move the city forward. Look, uh, no candidate that is running for, for this race or any race in, in America, for, for that matter, is perfect. But I know that among those that are running in this particular race, that Chewy is the best person to lead our city at this time. Look, we're coming out of a global pandemic. There, There is rampant homelessness in our city. Violence is, is at an all-time high. Um, housing instability. Young people have no jobs, no opportunity. Um, and we need a leader who is going to be able to talk to people from various uh, backgrounds, who has the temperament to deal with people, who has a vision and a plan that includes all communities, and someone who's not going to just, you know, give us a lot of flowery words and great speeches and then, then do the opposite of that. I think he's a man of his word. He's a man of integrity, you know, and, and at this point, I think voters are kind of tired of style rather than substance. Great. Change, all of those great inspiring things, all of the hope. We need all of those things. But at the end of the day, we want a leader, a chief executive of this city who can lead us well into the 21st century and help us to right some of these very um, systemic problems that have impacting most of us here. As you've had experience working with CTU, uh, you know, in, in communications and working with Karen Lewis, what are your thoughts uh, about what we've heard in the news in the last few weeks about uh, T- Chicago Teachers Union members having concerns over the way the money is being spent on these races? You know, teachers are some of the most powerful uh, people that we have in our community, and I think what they are doing as, as part of their internal process is representative of what Karen advocated for, which is uh, bottom-up leadership, that uh, all voices are heard within an organization, that it isn't just a president of a union or um, an officer who makes all of the decisions, but that it is a collaborative effort where the rank and file have buy-in and tie-in everything that they're doing. So I think that whatever their internal processes are, that they know how to handle those matters. And this is just a part of, of uh, how a democratic union is run. So this should be expected, I think. Uh, I, I think that uh, a lot of folks were were excited. They kind of wish that he had gotten into the race earlier uh, because it, it's, it, it is a big field. Uh, what are your thoughts with so many candidates in this race? Uh, how is it looking for you know the support and the energy going into the last few days of this election? 
you know, some days I feel like we're in the twilight zone and the <laughs> days, you know, it, it, it's smooth sailing. I don't know. But I think uh, from uh, the Garcia side of things, there's a great energy in the community. People are excited about what they're hearing. Uh, he's answering questions. I was with him yesterday in the Woodlawn community where he toured, uh, toured the neighborhood and looked at a lot of the housing stock over there. He talked to environmental activists in that area. And, and look, people are peppering him with very tough questions. They aren't just asking him just kind of the, you know, top of the line stuff, they're really getting into some of the details. And he's standing there and he's listening, he's taking notes and he's, he's responding thoughtfully. He's not promising the world and all of the things that we do in campaigns because truly understands the difference between campaigning and government. You say whatever, you know, before election day, but once you're sworn in and that hand is on the Bible, you have to lead this city forward and, and it is diverse and you have divergent interests, and you have to be able to manage all of those things. So, I mean, I think that the momentum is building. The momentum has always been on our side, you know, though, you know, the media sometimes, I, I don't like to pick on the media, though, but, you know, people would have you think otherwise. I don't like picking on the press. But, you know, that's part of the campaign, but, but the campaign is energized. People are excited. Um, all over the city, and I know in the Latino community, they are especially proud to have one of their own, possibly becoming the first Latino mayor of the city of Chicago. I mean, that's a big deal, and that's a big deal globally. Most of the people I, I am surrounded by, whether it's family and friends, seem to be going back and forth between uh, Chewy Garcia and Brandon Johnson. And this is one of those things where I really I do think that ranked choice voting would have been helpful. <laughs> I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. <laughs> don't you think just to, just uh-huh. to even save us from a runoff, for God's sake? Yeah. 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 That would be nice. But but if you're talking to us, to, to the folks who are on the fence uh, about whether it's, uh, you know, Chewy Garcia, Congressman Garcia or any other candidate, I know you've said a lot of things. What are, are some of the you mentioned that he's giving specifics. Uh, but he's not promising the world, uh, but is trying to, you know, give tangible answers when it comes to our hardest questions. Uh, what would you say are, are some of the things people should know about where he stands on public safety? Because that's what people are talking. It seemed to be, it seems to me they're talking about the most. Yeah, I mean, and that makes sense, right? I mean, Chicago, scary Chicago. Those of us who who were born and raised here and live here, you know, we have different views of that. Um, The people most impacted by violent crime happen to be African-American and Latino people, to be honest with you. Though we all are impacted by crime and we all bear the brunt of crime, and it seems to have spread throughout the city like a wildfire, I think that Chewy has a great plan. It's very thoughtful. I think that it is reform-minded. It is very progressive, but it is also not so far uh, to the left that it turns off uh, police and fire and first responders that they know that they will have a leader on the fifth floor who will ensure that they have the resources, the training, and the the tools that they need to do their jobs effectively. And at the same time, the community will have a champion who will hold police uh, accountable for the things that they do, um, enforce the consent c- decree, work very closely with the new civilian uh, police board that we have in place. This is he'll work very closely with uh, the school board that, that we fought and won. And so I think that his plan to um, 
for public safety is one of the most comprehensive plans, and I think it's one of the most realistic plans. And what are your thoughts on uh, his plans for? Because we, we talk a lot about uh, investing in community, you know, investing in communities, uh, whether it's housing, uh, education. You know, folks want to want to hear about that as well. Uh, what can you tell us about his thoughts, his plans, uh, and his, for you know his v- vision of uh, moving forward? One of the things I really love that I'm hearing him talk about is how he will definitely involve people in the communities. I mean, there there is investment going on. We're not going to just pretend like there's nothing happening. There is some investment going on. The mayor has a, an Invest in Southwest program. However, the concerns have been that many people in the community don't know how the projects are chosen and who's in charge and, you know, who's on first base, you know, Abbott and Costello out here, you know. And so one of the things that Chewy is talking about doing is making sure that communities get the types of development and the types of support that they need for the projects they want in their community. Um, Not the mayor gets to pick from, you know, a basket of, of goodies and then you toss them out to, you know, like Marie Antoinette tossing cake to people and then we're supposed to cheese and smile and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, sire, you know. No, we want to work with communities and make sure that that people have the type of investment, young people, they're young entrepreneurs, making sure that they have investment in job training and, and the programs that will help them become employable if they choose not to go to college and things like that. Chewy has a comprehensive plan for seniors, uh, people older uh, Chicagoans who, who sometimes are discarded. Um, in our society, how do you bring them in and use their expertise and put and make sure that their uh, dreams are also um, are not deferred as well, so to speak? So there are a lot of lot of things. I think if people go on his website, ChewyForChicago.com, you can read all of his platform issues. They're all there. You know, and and make your decision. I'm so grateful for your time again. We're talking to uh, Stephanie Gadlin. She's a civil rights ad- activist and uh, has worked with uh, with Karen Lewis when she was president of CTU, uh, the Chicago Teachers Union. And uh, before we go, uh, I I do want to thank you for your time and your insight. I know that all the candidates are busy, but you know, folks are looking at the polling numbers and they're like they're they're trying to do this math in their heads. And I just read that a fifth mm-hmm. of Chicagoans are still undecided, and that's significant. So I, you know, I think that people are trying to figure out like you know who's going to beat who and things like that what do you want to tell those folks i want those folks to watch a movie called dracula and if you want to put dracula in charge of the blood bank then you will vote for paul Vallis. uh go ahead and put dracula in charge of the blood bank it would be akin to asking the werewolf to babysit your kids so you can go look at the full moon we don't want a city that's going to be sold off, privatized, and 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 uh, sold off to the highest bidder, privatized, and people made to feel like they're prisoners in their own city where they don't have a say. Chewy has a plan for Chicago that is inclusive. It is about coalition building. It is about moving our city forward. It is not about living in fear and being afraid of one another and being disconnected, 77 disjointed communities. We want to be one Chicago working together for a similar goal. And I think that for for people who are still on the fence, just think about the kind of life that you want 
for you, for yourself and your children and grandchildren and vote your conscience and not just your skin tone and or vote your conscience and not just your you know tax bracket. Think very clearly about what you're doing on February 28th. Anybody can talk a good game, but hey, we need substance, not just style. And so Chewy brings a little bit of both. And I just hope that people do see merits in what he's trying to offer. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective. And uh, we do have a listener that's concerned about the battery in your fire alarm. So I don't know if that's where oh, you're thank you. Thank you. It, look, it's been on for the last six months, and I, I change it every other day. I just don't know how to stop oh, it. Oh, no. We got we to get you a new but fire alarm. You. No, thank Stephanie. Thank yeah, you so much. Stephanie, uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you, and I would love to check in with you again and talk about the work that you do, uh, what you've written, uh, the, the activism that you participate in, and uh, thank you for getting out there and encouraging people to uh, get involved in this election, because I know some folks are still thinking about it. Uh, get out and vote, folks. Have a wonderful weekend, Stephanie. You too. See you later. Stephanie, one more thing for folks who want to. Oh, I was going to ask where where her writing might be, but we will talk to her again. And uh, let's wrap up the show in just a moment on WCPT 820. Don't forget to text uh, the name Clinton to uh, 773-763-9278 as we wind down our celebration of President's Week uh, by giving away $25 gift cards to the wonderful vendors of Monaco Brewing Company Progressive Beers, including our public house. Remember, we were over by there uh, earlier in the year uh, celebrating. Oh, was that before Christmas? God, time. where does time go? Uh, Orange and Brew in Downers Grove, Eastside Cafe and Wine Bar in East Dundee. And we're welcoming Wilmette Market at 3534 Lake Avenue in Wilmette to the Progressive Beer family. And in just a little bit, I'll be uh, kicking off a whiskey and a cookie on the Patty Vasquez show page. So see, we moved it to 7 o'clock, so it wasn't uh, colliding with this show. And uh, I keep my wits about me to the best of my ability. More in a moment on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. Tonight on Democracy Now! Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg has visited East Palestine, Ohio for the first time since a Norfolk Southern train carrying toxic chemicals derailed three weeks ago, blanketing the town with a toxic brew of spilled chemicals and gases. It was 100% preventable. All those stories and more tonight at 11 on WCPT 820. You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Heart Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit and lime-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to reproductive rights groups in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing heart seltzer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Provisions Uptown Chicago and R&J Wine and Spirits in Glenview, as well as Eastside Cafe, Coffee and Wine Bar in East Dundee, where Kate is serving up smiles and drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. All right, everybody. Hope I send you off into the weekend with uh, something to think about. Hope that, uh, you know, I know that uh, I wanted to mix things up a little bit and bring Gen Z and talk about being mindful about how we care about ourselves and and get energized. So uh, we'll be having her on every month heading into weekends. And I also want to, oh, what are you up to this weekend? We've got like a minute left. If you want to tell me, text me what your plans are for the weekend. Uh, I want to let you know that our friends at the Gindo's Spice of Life are going to be at the Naperville Ale Fest at the Lake County 
Fairgrounds and Event Center. It's a craft beer festival. So they're going to have their Gindo Spice of Life. Uh, they're going to have some other spice bottles. You guys, they have a habanero whiskey. Wait, whiskey habanero. I need to order that. I need to have that in my life. I, I, I don't I don't know why I'm not in Naperville right now at the uh, Na- Naperville Ale Fest at the Lake County Fairgrounds and Event Center. Uh, follow Gindo's Spice of Life on, uh, on Facebook as well to find out when they're going to pop up at some of the festivals in your area. Uh, as we head into this election weekend, uh, we have only four more days now. Uh, polls will close. I think they're, most of them are open until 7. Seven o'clock. If you're early voting, um, you know, can I please? Uh, I'm begging you guys. When you go to vote, there will be people outside handing you cards uh, with information about candidates. And I get it. I get that some of you go and you have all your your choices picked out. And I and hey, I've worked with some of these folks. I know that some of them can be annoying. So, including me, I had a woman just yell at me when I was out campaigning one day because I dance. I bring a little music with me because it gets slow. It could be like forty five minutes and there's no one there, and I like to dance. So I got the music going. Might be waving the signs for the candidate. Uh, I will be out this weekend. Uh, I'll be door knocking. I will be uh, at polling places handing out information about the candidates that I'm supporting. So if you can uh, just take a breath, if you don't want them to talk to you or give you any cards, just say this. No, thank you. That's all you got to say. You don't got to cuss at them. You don't got to be, I mean, like your negative energy, then like that person is going to stand there and talk to other people and they have to steal themselves. I get it. You don't want it. Just say, no, thank you. It's like any other salesperson. I mean, that's really what it is. We're trying to sell you a story about a candidate that we believe in. Yes, some of them were hired, uh, but that's still, they're trying to make a living. This is something that they've decided to make some cash on. Whatever it is, just say this. No, thank you. Or say thank you. I didn't have any information about these police board candidates. I wasn't entirely sure about because here's how I say it. Someone walks up to me. They're going to go vote. I say hi. In case you haven't made up your mind, my friend Susanna Ernst is running to be the alderwoman to the 45th ward. Please consider her. Here's some information about her. And that's what I do. I know some people are different. Anyway, if you if you accept them and just say thank you so much or thank you, be nice or say no, thank you. If you take the the information, say thank you, recycle it, whatever. I'm just saying, could you just not be so mean, people? Okay, that's all I'm asking. Have a great weekend, everybody. Lady B, love you. Have a great weekend. Mike Crude is up next with The Devil's Advocate. Be well, everyone. Whiskey and Cookie, starting right now. Bye, everyone.